What's up, Moonbeams? Happy Wednesday and welcome to episode 132, Going No Contact. Here in this episode, we will be talking about going no contact when it comes to removing the narcissist from your family. So going no contact can mean sometimes removing family, removing friends, removing significant others, removing children, removing whoever, but you're pretty much going into a period in the space in your life where you are removing this person because it is absolutely necessary. Maybe you're in a state of mental health emergency and you really just need to extricate this person from your life by any means necessary. So that's what we're talking about today. If you are new to this episode, new to this podcast, what's up? Salutations. Thank you kindly for being here, friend. And I really do hope that you enjoy the show. Thank you. And if you're coming back for another episode, what's up, cuz? What's going on? What's up? I hope you're feeling good. I hope you're feeling encouraged. I hope you get something out of today's episode. And I hope that you know you are never alone. Love. Anyway, in the first segment of this episode, we will be talking about what is no contact. In the second segment, we're going to talk about needing closure. And in the third segment, we're going to talk about reneging to reinforce no contact. Um, as always, my intention is to help somebody to hopefully, you know what I'm saying, encourage or inspire different or new questions to help you get new answers, to get new results, you know, turn on the light, have those light bulb moments, those realizations, those epiphanies that opens up the next door, the next chapter, the next era of your best self. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode in three, two, and one. Christina in a Voltsen said, I no longer look to my abusers with any expectation of remorse or apology or restitution or restoration or relationship. I'm at peace accepting that they won't and can't help me out of the mess they created. But I'm the best qualified for that job anyway. And I'm happy with the job I'm doing. Y'all, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I tell you all the time, 
you know, with a lot of the things I share and talk about on here, these are things that I'm still learning, still practicing, still mastering. So it's not like I went on to achieve this. I'm telling you how to do it. We are learning this together. But I think it's just important to have the conversation and talk about these kind of things because I'm, from what I see, they're not talked about a lot. You know, when it comes to taking care of yourself and putting your life back in order and, you know, that kind of thing, you have to understand that that will always be your job. And it's important to create perspective, not your problem, your job, your privilege, rather. I like that even better because you get to determine how you feel and what you think about things. You know, also, when you understand that thoughts are things, you understand that you can become more in control of what your life and what your reality looks and feels like by getting in control of what your thoughts or your thoughts are. We'll talk more about that in the future, too, in future episodes. Now, to talk more about the no contact concept. So no contact is pretty much when you cut off, when you dead all interaction or contact with a person, physical, social, all the above. When you dead all contact with a person. You know, now when it comes to removing the narcissist from your life, you have to know that sometimes the physical and, you know, the social contact isn't enough. You, they're in your mind, they're in your heart already. So you have to practice cutting them off emotionally and spiritually. And I want to start this off by saying, I know this isn't an easy thing to do. I know I've talked to a lot of people that just couldn't imagine going going no contact with their families or whoever. The thing is, my situation was different. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit up here and say that my family or my people were the worst or most terrible people in the world. That's not at all it. My thing is, as people, we all experience trauma. And I had to come to terms with the fact that in life, many of us, we're not going to do the work. You know what I mean? It took me time to understand that our parents don't set out to traumatize us or harm us or, you know, or treat us badly. It's just that they experience trauma themselves as children and even as adults. And their failure to do the work sets them up to mistreat us and treat us badly and traumatize us as a byproduct of their parenting. And it took me a long time to understand that. I was able to understand it more once I removed myself. But yeah, like I said, they're not bad people. I just had to understand they're at a place in their life where they're not willing to do the work to be better, to do, to be different, to, you know, progress and that kind of thing, to advance their mental health. And you know what? For a long time, it wasn't okay because I was constantly trying to change them and all this other stuff. And it was unfair of me. But I had to understand that is the reality and that is the situation and I have to leave them to that. I myself, I want to be better. I want to get better. I want to do better. I want to be different. I want to be different and I have to remove myself for me to have a chance at a better life, at a more healthier life, at uh, healthier communication and interaction, social interactions. I have to have a chance. So when it comes to removing yourself, understand that you are doing this for you. Understand that this isn't something that you're probably going to be able to talk to many people about because it's not something many people will 
understand. You know, I've mentioned it to a few people and a few people have looked at me like I was crazy and was damn near ready to fight me, jokingly, but, you know, ready to fight me for suggesting or even mentioning that I was thinking about doing such a thing. Understand when you get to the point in your life where you have to do that, you are doing it for you. You are doing it to preserve you. You are doing it to uphold and preserve, yeah, pretty much to preserve you. And the no contact will definitely help you chip away at the fixation you may have with the narcissist and allow you to remove that energy out of your space. Dana Arcuri said, I found peace of mind when I walked away from small fights now worth fighting, I stopped fighting for people who gossiped about me. I stopped fighting for those who didn't respect me. I quit worrying about those who wouldn't value me for being me. A hard truth that I had to accept and it took me a long time to is that you have to understand as people, we are wired for connection, but also, you know, when it comes to us being people, I think there's a large element of primal competition that comes into place. And you have to understand that most of the people in your life, I'm going to say maybe about 98% or so, if not more, I would say 98% of the people in your life one may want you to do well, but they don't want you to do better than them. You know what I mean? And it's not coming from a hater, a hating place. It took me to understand myself that so many of us, we're not taught to be grateful. You know what I mean? Like you see parents grow up and yeah, he's so ungrateful. She's so ungrateful. She doesn't appreciate anything I did. They don't appreciate anything I did from did you teach them gratitude? Gratitude is more than teaching them how to say grace at the table. You know what I mean? Did you teach them gratitude? And when it comes to going through the situations that you go through, you know, any situation that sets you up to where you feel like you need to go no contact, a lot of times we talk ourselves into thinking we need closure. And that is a myth. You know what I mean? Once we've gone no contact, we feel compelled to want to call them and talk to them and that kind of thing because we want to feel like we need a clean break from the situation. And we can only get that by getting closure. And that is a lie. It took me time to understand that I can get closure myself. You know, I had to get, I, I get closure by setting goals about what it is I want to feel, you know, the kind of person I want to be, you know, how, how, you know, having a kind of grace and energy and compassion to wish those people well. They might have did this, this, this and that, but I know deep down inside that, there, that there's a hurting person inside and that they didn't want to do me, they didn't want to do me harm. Again, the trauma took over and, you know, they're just at a place in their life where they're not willing to do the work. They don't want to do the work. And because they don't want to do the work, the trauma pulls the strings, you know what I mean? And they don't belong to them. You know, they belong to the trauma. You know, they identify with the trauma. The trauma calls the shots. And I respect that. And, you know, sometimes closure doesn't mean, you know, a lot of times we think closure is someone apologizing or, you know, re, uh, some type of reconciliation or so somebody pretty much, you know, making amends with us to, you know, solidify something. Sometimes I've learned uh, some hurts are so deep that no apology will ever really suffice. You know what I mean? The best apology you can give is to yourself for putting up with that, for tolerating that 
for, you know, uh, uh, apologizing to yourself for trusting a situation or trusting a person, you know, when they were uh, abusing you, you know, tolerating the situation when they were taking advantage of you or whatever. Learning how to apologize to yourself. Learn how to get closure with yourself. Learn that when it comes to your life and the relationship you have with you, you don't always need other people to have that closure. You need to resolve and finalize things with yourself. You know, when it comes to going no contact, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's one of the best things I've ever did. And I have many times from time to time where I want to reach out and talk sometimes, but at the same time, I think about the greater good and what I may get in making that call. You know, what kind of response, what kind of energy, you know, that thing of taking me back to where I, didn't, I don't want to be anymore. And, you know, just that whole thing just reminds me I'm good where I'm at. You know, you may feel like you missed them. Maybe you just missed the potential of what you thought things could be. You know, you may be probably thinking about them. Maybe you're just thinking about them because, you know, well, you're probably thinking about them because you love them. But I had to learn that when, you know, you come into those spaces where you miss them, maybe around the holidays, maybe when you're seeing your friends or other people, you know, with their families or whatever, and it just really pains you, it really just hurts. Again, trust me, I know. But the thing is, in this life, I've learned we all don't get that bigger picture, that full thing, you know, in terms of having the family and having that whole experience. Some of us have to go at it alone. You know, I learned that a lot of my life it has been about learning to let go. Learning to let go of toxic bonds, trauma bonds, learning to let go of baggage, learning to let go of hurt and, you know, resentment and all of that. You know, when it comes to dealing with other people, again, you repress yourself to think you need to talk to that person to get closure. And you will talk to that person and they'll make it worse. People don't, you know what I'm saying, understand that the narcissist doesn't want you to have closure. They want you to think about them, to stay mad at them, because as long as you're mad at them, they have the power and they have dominion over you. Dana Arkiri said, we don't get to choose our family, but we can choose our friends. With courage, we can weed out narcissistic people. We can focus on those who do appreciate us, love us, and treat us with respect. Another beautiful lesson is that I've, that I've learned in my life is that there's always a plan for your life. Even when, even you can plan your life out, but always know there is a divine order and a divine plan to your life. And I've learned that if things don't necessarily work out with your family, the relationships you have with your family, that's because they, uh, there are other people who will fill similar places. You know, you can only have one mom and one dad, but you may have other people that are destined to, you know, resemble that maternal or paternal energy. You know, you don't need, uh, I think of it like this, you know, when you're born into this earth, you know, you have one mom and one dad, but there will be tons of surrogates for that motherly and fatherly energy. 
I also understand that when you're going on no contact, you may feel like with them being out of your life, out of sight, out of mind, that they may be getting better, that they may have changed, that things may be looking differently. Maybe with you being gone, they've probably appreciated your absence. Your absence has probably made them want to be a better person and start working on their issues and working on their trauma. And I want to tell you, that's not always the case. Most times, that's not, that's not the case. You have to understand that people won't change. People don't change until they want to. You know, people, it may seem like people can change for other people, but even if they do, it's because, you know what I'm saying, that person gave, probably gave that person some type of permission on the inside and let them know that it's okay to change. But usually what I've learned with most people, it's not long before they change back to how they used to be. You know what I mean? Maybe you had a way of deceiving the paradigm, but it's usually not long before you arrive back at who you used to be. You know, I've made a couple mistakes in, you know, reaching out to a couple of people over the years, you know, not calling, but just like on Facebook and Messenger and stuff like that. And I still feel a little bit of that nonchalant, just kind of dry, just dead corpsey energy. And it just kind of, you know, that was the one time and it just reminded me of what it is I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm reminded that I want a life of love. I want a life of vibrancy. I want a life of healthy, solid communication. You know what I mean? I want a life of transparency, honesty, and authenticity. I want a life of working through issues and conflict in a healthy and resolved manner. You know, I want a sense of order in my life. I want a sense of compassion and empathy in my life. I don't want to move through life being around people, dealing with people, you know, being in a relationship with people that are comfortable sweeping issues under the rug. People that want to sit around and bottle up resentment and negativity until they blow up every time and just all of that. I want different things out of my life. And I'm sure you do too. So I want to tell you this, you know, you may be in a place of feeling like you want to reach out, you want to talk and all that. And I will tell you this, record it, record those thoughts, you know, make a recording of whatever it is you want to share or talk to, you know, uh, or say to that person, you know, and address it to that person or address it to yourself because maybe it's something you need to hear. You know, a lot of people are also curious of how long the no contact lasts. And believe me, I can't really tell you. It's been almost five years for me. I can't believe it's been almost five years, but it's been the best thing for my life. It's been the best thing for my peace, my mental health, but peace more than anything. I've never experienced peace in the magnitude that I have. And oh, it just makes me want to cry sometimes just to know that with a lot of the anger, a lot of the anger, a lot of the aggravation, the irritation, that there's a world of peace, consistent peace and zen and centeredness that can exist on the other side of, you know, removing that baggage of making strides towards prioritizing me. You know, removing the narcissist, going no contact, really leaves you open to figure your life out and focus on you and what it is that you need. Removing the narcissist really sets you up to stop making excuses. Now that the narcissist is out of the way, who are you? What are you going to do now? You're so used to your, your thoughts and your, your mind and your life being occupied by their drama. Now that they're gone, who are you going to be with the peace and quiet? Because a lot of us get so caught up and we over-identify with the drama and the mishaps, but 
Who are you going to be with the peace, with the silence, with your own thoughts? That's when you figure out what's next. What's up, Moonbeams? Welcome to the air segment. Here in the air segment, we get real, we get raw, we get transparent, we get down to the point. You know, I just really want y'all to get this, that I want y'all to be better students. I want you to become more in tune with what you want to feel like. A lot of us get caught up in making to-do to -do lists on a day-to-day -day basis, but practice making to-feel lists. How do you want to feel on a day-to-day -day basis? Do you want to feel relaxed? Do you want to feel productive? Do you want to feel successful? Do you want to feel sexy, confident? How do you want to feel? Because I feel like focusing on how you want to feel will set you up and better guide you toward the manifestations and the things that you want to create. So let's jump in. The first letter is E. Embrace. Embrace that you might be at a crossroads in your life where no contact may be the thing. You know, I debated with myself for maybe a year and a half before I actually did it because it just seemed so scary. But the thing is, I was scared the whole time and I was also scared of losing like a 15, a 10 to 15% of a connection that I had, you know, with my family. And I was scared of losing that 15% as opposed to gaining 100% of peace and, you know, a bunch of unknown and uncertainty that kind of comes in the mix. But understand when you go no contact, it will feel scary. If you can, seek out some support. You know, unfortunately, I didn't do that because I didn't want to be distracted from what I was feeling. I wanted to feel everything that I was feeling because I wanted to be clear. I wanted to be correct. and I wanted to be, you know, very aware of what was going on. And, you know, maybe you may do the same thing, but if, it's, if it feels like something that may be too hard for you to bear, get some support. But also keep in mind that nothing that God doesn't put more on you than you can bear. Never does. Never, never, never does. Also understand that if you're going to a, if you're going into a place of no contact, you know, understand that life has a design and order and that maybe you've had some thoughts, maybe you have some type of goal, some type of bigger picture goal, and there's no contact period, you know, with your family or whoever it may be, is a part of, you know, your trajectory towards getting towards that goal, that long-term goal that you have. You know, whether it's towards becoming a millionaire, owning a house or whatever, you're going into a place where the universe is removing everybody. The universe is unplugging you from your previous socket and allowing you to recharge before you're plugged into a new socket full of new people, new experiences, and new circumstances. Moving on. The next letters are recognize. Recognize that you do not need closure to move on. Recognize that you do not need their apologies to move on. Recognize that you don't need them to be accountable for your pain and you know, for their terror and trauma of you for you to move on. You move on by practicing apologizing to yourself. You move on by accepting yourself. But you move on, you move on by finding ways to, you know, accept the situation. A lot of, you know, move on, a lot of issues to move on happens when, 
You know, we don't want to accept that something happened because we don't want to come off as looking at ourselves as a punk or somebody that was manipulated or invalidated or taken advantage of or someone that was mistreated like we upswing, like we're punk or we're lame. The thing is, you did the best you could. Stop trying to hold on to pride and ego and allow yourself to progress and move on and work towards letting it go. But all in all, you do not need them. You do not need their apology. You don't need their input, their contribution for you to move on. Moving on might not be something that can happen in a day, but it don't necessarily have to last five or 10 years. It's just a day-to-day thing. Each day, practice telling yourself, I forgive you. I love you. I accept you. I understand you did the best that you could. I understand that you had the best intentions and you trusted that person and they lied or they hurt you anyway. And you decided to trust them anyway. And I am proud of you for that. I'm proud of you for allowing yourself to feel. I'm proud of you for showing up in a way that you want to be showed up for. You know, whatever the word, the affirmation or the words are, practice telling yourself those things and you will find that as the days progress, just a little bit, maybe 1% each day, it'll hurt just a little less. It won't make you as mad as it did. You know, you'll find gradually it'll shift just a teensy bit here and there. And you'll look up and the thing, you know, and it may not necessarily go away fully, but it's small enough for you to manage where it doesn't control you or set you up to be reactive or explosive socially or, you know, conversationally. Moving on. The next letter is A. Accept. Accept that those people are who they are. Lord, this is gone. This is very hard. It is very hard and troubling for so many people to understand that, you know, your parents may not have, they're doing the best that they can, but with the way they show up in your world right now, they may not have your best interests at heart. And it's because they don't know how. It's because they're probably still children, traumatized children that didn't do the work. So they're probably still 11-year-olds, probably still 18-year-olds, probably still 9-year-olds. And they're 9-year-olds that, that are at war with themselves, that are at war with their, you know, uh, tormentors. You know, they have a lot of inner conflict going on and they're just trying to make the best of it and make the most of it, you know. But... You know, all in all, they're not willing to do that work. They're not willing to admit what's wrong, get therapy or whatever. And because they're not, you have to get out of their way because staying in alignment with them is going to keep you out of alignment with your future, out of alignment with all the things that are destined for you, with all the great things and the greatness that is destined and waiting for you. So sometimes you have to, sometimes, most times, and not all the time, you have to focus on you. You have to prioritize you. Like being on the plane, you have to make sure you have air before you can help anybody else. So now is the time to focus on your air. Now is the time to give yourself the room you need to breathe. Now is the time to focus on prioritizing your mental health. Now is the time to figure out who you are without that background of a crutch who you are outside of all of that dark and painful history. What is next for you? What do you have going on? Who are you going to be now? Who do you get to be? Who do you dream to be when you have the narcissist and excuses and the pain and the hurt and the trauma out of the way? It's probably going to be a lot of empty space that's going to come rushing in, a lot of silence and peace that is going to come rushing in that is going to scare the hell out of you. But you know what? You can handle it and you will be all right. So there you have it. 
embrace, recognize, and accept. If you haven't had a chance yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts and please leave a comment and or rating and let me know what you think about this episode. We will definitely have more episodes about this because this is very passionate and near and dear to my heart. In the next episode, we're going to have a no contact part two of this episode and we're just going to talk more about it. And you don't want to miss that. As always, I want to thank y'all for supporting the Medizine Cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential. I also just want to say that, again, going no contact, don't take it for granted. And, you know, understand that you may never be ready to do it. Sometimes you are ready. Sometimes you're never ready. Most times you're never ready because you have to take a big leap. There's no taking it back once you do it. Understand that most times when you do it, sometimes when you do it, your family or whoever it may be, they're not going to let you free yourself and it will be harder, but you will be okay. You deserve freedom. You deserve authenticity and you deserve love. You are deserving. You are strong. You are enough. You are wise and you are tough. Peace. Be blessed. <laughs>